What's up, everyone? I'm Angela Simmons, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Marcus Damas. How y'all doing? And this is Fueled by Purpose. Be sure to tune in. We got a lot of great Absolutely. I think it's cool that you two ladies have done business together before. So let's start there, and let's talk about the importance of black businesses supporting black businesses. Oh, you want me to jump in? I no, mean, I want she, Dana to get going. I'm like, you, it's all you, baby. <laughs> um, I mean, if we can see each other fight, we can definitely see each other build one another up. You know what I mean? And I just feel like at this point in time in business, it is so freaking important that we don't just continue to see one person successful. And if there is enough information to go around for everyone that we need to share it. My goal is to make sure that anyone I touch is doing better than when they first met me. So when there comes a point in time where I need a couple million dollars, I actually have friends to run and go find it from. You know what I mean? And so my point is, my goal is that it's a necessity. We can't keep doing this by ourselves anymore. You know what I mean? There can't be one, you know, one family member who has money and then everyone is still broke. You know what I mean? And so it just happened to... We met maybe a while when? ago, huh? I, I think like we were at it. a conference in Dallas. Was it that? Oh my gosh, I'm so hard. It was this so long ago. I think it was like we met there. I followed her because I love what you were doing because you were doing Sprinkle of Jesus at the time. Yeah. That was like your main focus. And then I just watched. I mean, I was watching what how Dana was functioning, what she was doing. I she's super dope. You know what I mean? And then I was like, you know what? I really like how you move and I feel like I need to add an extension to my business like that. You yeah. know what I mean? And so we set the meeting, we sat down. It didn't take more than they move quick. So if you want some apps <laughs> or anything built, they move quick. Uh, we sat down, they came up with some ideas. I came up with some ideas. We came up with the name and then purpose happened. So yeah. how about that? This was birthed basically out of that because it's yeah. fueled by purpose. And what's cool about it is she touches so many lives, but then I also get to come in and say, help other people find their purpose. You know what I mean? So it's like her extending her arm helped me extend my arm to do more. You know, and I feel like that's like one of her purposes and goals. And I watch what she does and she builds so many people up. So I feel like that was super dope to be able to connect on that level. You know, it's interesting though. Success has history. And I've been saying this lately because all like I feel like a bunch of millennials are like fighting to be like, oh, I'm self-made. I did it on my own. And that's not true. If you look at us, we're doing extraordinary things, but we've also been mentored by extraordinary people. If you were to ask, okay, Dana, how are you a multimillionaire at 25 years old? Angela, how are you so successful? And you're, you're just, it just looks like things are just popping out of nowhere. That's because one, we've been trained and two, we've been guided. And I think that's really, really important for people to understand. So mm -hmm. you sitting here screaming, oh, I'm self-made, I'm this, I'm that. That's nothing to be proud of especially in the black community. Like we should not be proud of being quote unquote self-made. That means that nobody helped you. Right. The key word helped you. The first people to help you was your family. They're supposed to know enough information and knowledge to pass mm -hmm. on to you so you can continue to get further, not start back at square one. And so it's interesting. We even go way back. Our fathers, our families oh, yes. had met oh, yes. before. And that's how deep it gets. And so that's success true. has history. I remember the first time, now that I'm remembering, the first time we actually met now it's was at a birthday party. And I had to be like 12. That was my great-grandmother's house. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause and she hired uh, her dad to come and do the magic and all that stuff. It was pretty cool, but that's yeah. crazy. Like we were young, young. <laughs> wow. We, this wasn't even on our radar yet. We yeah. were like, Oh cool. Just hanging, you know? No, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no. I wasn't on the radar. Shorty, you were Angela Simmons. Okay. Like you were Miss <laughs> Pastry is. Queen. Okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so I remember we were like, the first time we met was actually in a bouncy house together. I remember. And we were bouncing around. and um, But then that just testifies the reason wh- why we met and we even exchanged names or we knew who each other were was is because my dad was an entrepreneur, Uncle Magic the Hip Hop mm-hmm. Magician, yep. which then was hired by her family for a product or a service, which then we met. That didn't necessarily mean we had something to give one another, but our money was exchanged between families already. So we are just Starts now the next generation yep. who is was fulfilling this legacy of continued entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. and now we get to do it with one another. So it was kind of it's it's crazy, but it's freaking it's cool. Like meant to be, yeah. Last yeah. time, last time we saw each other, you said something dope was like currency. Why do they call it currency? They talk about money staying in the community, staying within your community. That's a good example. But let's talk about. Um, did you guys think there would be a future in business together like to collaborate in any way like because you guys just met organically like Mm -hmm. you guys didn't intend to meet um but like that's just the power of network let's let's talk about network and how that's kind of got you to to where you are today you (laughs) (laughs) you like we interviewed you talking to you um I would be doing myself a disservice if I said it wasn't an expectation. I do business very intentionally. That is the point. Mm. The point is to reel in people like Angela, reel in people who actually have something to say, something to share, and then build out their platform and give them whatever possible freaking resources that I have to exalt them. That's my job. That's what a business is, is to actually be useful. If you're not useful, you're useless. And so I'd be doing myself as a disservice as if this was just by accident or I didn't plan it. Everyone's a plan. Every single conversation I have is a sale. Every single time that I meet someone that you sit here and book me for uh, or say, hey, I would love. It's a sale. You know what I mean? And I feel like some people are afraid to say how intentional they are with their business as if it is a crime to say, Bro, I'm only here because I'm here to sell you something. You know what I mean? But most importantly, what I'm selling is actually resourceful. And so um, I know where the mobile application game is going. We are the Wix to mobile apps. We are the the new website builder to mobile applications. And the next, I still feel like why Angela was in such a good space to do this is I'm like, yo, last thing you want is to sit here and have to wait for a network, wait for someone, wait for someone to give you your popularity, why not keep it for the rest of your life? Because when she owns her own platform, no one can take that away from her. So when we broke that down and explained to her how I may have 600,000 Instagram, um, 600,000 social media followers, but have 10 access to 10 million people to talk to them and sell them whatever I want, it just made sense. This stuff just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not everything is a scheme or a scam trying to like, like no, it just makes sense. Absolutely. And we have to constantly be watching around us what's happening. I can order my food on an app. I can make an insurance claim on an app. app. I can order. Look look what technology has made us so comfortable with. We were once afraid to get in the car with the stranger. 
an app made it okay and comfortable for us to literally say, I don't know this person. But because they partnered with this mobile application and they're on a platform that vouches for them, I'm going to go ahead and get in the car with the stranger long enough for them to do whatever, but I'm going to trust it. And we've adapted to it to the point where the actual taxi companies were taking them to local city court. That means technology being in the palm of our hands Mm -hmm. are so dangerous to these big networks, to our creativity, to whatever she wants to produce. You know what I mean? We're in different lanes. Her capability to produce content is on a whole different level than me. Now, for her to be able to control it at any point in time, that was just another notch on her belt that I knew that I could give her where she was. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, My question is, was there anything at any point particular that you knew your purpose? Like, what led you to your purpose, would you say? I like you're constantly figuring that out. Yeah. I was a broken little girl who kind of didn't know what she was good at mm-hmm. the first thing your parents tell you to do is maybe go to school right but then they tell you to go to school and something that you may not be gifted or talented in which then there's so much resistance in your growth right and so i really didn't know what my purpose is to to be honest with you i feel like i'm constantly finding that out like when god gives you those like little like aha moments when you actually flourish in something that you feel good about uh-huh. so i wouldn't say i wouldn't I knew my purpose to begin with. It's a constant um, progression. And especially, I feel like it's some constant progression when you grow through mm-hmm. something. Like, your purpose has changed ever since you became a mother. Oh, now, yeah. you have, a ball game. Yeah, you have absolutely women want to hear what you have to say and, and your advice and, and, and mirror you because you're an inspiration. Right, so right, your purpose right. has changed. But I know all of our purposes is to continue to give someone something to build off of. Right. And so that was the goal with Alakazam apps and making sure that we weren't left behind the eight ball because it seems like every single uh, industry is either overtaken by Asians or overtaken by white people. So I knew that in the beginning when Sprinkle of G's had went viral and started making a lot of moves and was making like $60,000 a month just off advertising, I was like, yo, I need to tell as many people as this as possible, like quickly, because people are still slow to innovate and think that, oh, I need a website. So I just know my purpose is to rise up other families when it comes to entrepreneurship and making sure that we have a financial um, foundation so that we're not stuck when these little things in computers take all of our jobs. I'm telling you. So I'm like terrified. Like it was even an aha moment when um, Don was like reading an article and they're literally replacing his job with the computer and so now they're sticking these computers Mm. that with a call center where they can take multiple clients at one time from everywhere across the world i say yo you're gonna wait for that to happen or you are gonna actually do something about it so yeah family family business i love that so definitely like as far as family because you work closely with your husband every day day. (laughs) How how does that affect the personal life this is our personal life a lot of the time people try to fit entrepreneurship into their life instead of allowing their life to be entrepreneurship. And so people think it's a little weird or like I immediately hear like, oh my gosh, I would go crazy if I was around my husband or my wife every single Everybody's day. And I'm different. like, um, we make money together. We break generational curses together. And quite frankly, we enjoy each other's company. This is fun for us. I've never been so freaking happy in my life seeing my family's face every single day. That's awesome. What are the challenges of that? 
do other people not understand boundaries or do other people not understand the dynamic of like this is my family this is my that's wife good. this is my husband that's good i like th- i really like that question marcus because it prompts me to answer it we don't have the same goals and maybe if your goals changed and you guys understand the common denominator between all of you how you're going to call each other annoying I- i'm just saying you go to work every day and look at your, 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 the, the person next to you that don't even know you, who don't care about you, who don't love you, who would be willing to rat you out or, or give you up if it was their job every single day. Mm. But you sit next to them every single day, strategize working a plan because some, it, you're dedicated to a nine to five. So are you dedicated enough to generational wealth? I tell people that all the time. You obviously may not have the same goals. I'd rather look at my family every single day, be mad at them, frustrated and angry, but know that they're good for the rest of their life. Come on, like it just, it doesn't make sense. And so I would 100% encourage every single person to reevaluate what's annoying to them <laughs> and what gets mm-hmm. on their nerves because nothing more annoying and um, irritating is broke. We all frustrated when we don't got money. You feel me? But um, no, it's interesting. I will tell you a story. Let's talk challenges for a second. Let's do it. Let's talk a challenge for a second. This conversation that I run in my head all the time with Don. Oh, it was a challenge. (laughs) I remember we were on our way actually to New York and I was recording something and it's actually going to be the first time I created content with him, Mm -hmm. like on somebody else's platform. Does that make sense? So we were essentially creating content and we were the spectators or the podcasters on somebody else's content. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting in the car and we're talking, we're strategizing, what are we going to talk about today? What's the goal? What, see how intentional? What business is it that we want to promote today? Um, oh, are we going with Jumping Jack Tax? Or, hmm, this is more a technology podcast. Let's talk about Alakazam Apps. So we're strategizing our conversation. And he looks at me, just chill, nonchalant, is like, yeah, so, um, you know, when we go, can you just like chill a little bit? I said, what? He said, like, just, like, you know, just chill. Like, you know, just chill. I said, what does that mean, Don? And he was like, you know, uh, let me talk. Like, just, you know. I said, Don, hold on. Wait a second. I'm a little confused. I said, please correct me if I'm wrong. I said, and Ben is right there. He'll tell you. He was right there. The entire, he was acting like he was asleep. <laughs> but this turned into a screaming match. But I think it's important for couples to know, yeah. especially when you have extraordinary women that you're dating. Mm. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do you mean by that, Don? Like, chill. Like, one, this is who I am. And if I have a fire up in my stomach, I'm going to get it out. And he said, well, you know, all right. I said, are you, are you trying to tell me to suppress whatever excitement or or passion that I have so that that I don't overshadow yours. And he said, basically, yeah. And he said, you know, I'm going to be on this podcast with you. I just want to, you know, I want to, I want to shine too. I said, but your shine should never be contingent on the lack of mine. And we got in a huge argument about it. Like, I mean, talking full-blown screaming match. Mm. I'm like, how could you tell me? Like, this is how I got here. Like, don't forget that this passionate girl is the one who requested you leave your job and made sure that she took care of you until you grew to be an entrepreneur, until you learned the, the, the necessary steps and the, and, the, and the leadership roles. I'm that same person. And, you know, once again, I was raised by a monster. 
My dad is crazy. <laughs> so when he gave me confidence, he, he left it with me. It's something that can never be taken away from me. So I was a little frustrated. And to be honest, I was hurt. The man that loved me the most just asked me to almost dumb it down or make myself smaller to make him feel comfortable. And so we're in this cream and match. He didn't understand. And we're going back and forth, going back and forth. And he's like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. But just know it wasn't a good situation. And I remember the last thing I said because I started crying because I was just so upset and so frustrated. And I was screaming at him. And I don't desire to talk to my husband like that. You know, I, I just, that don't, that don't feel good. If I wouldn't do it in public, I don't want to do it in private. And I said to him, and I left him with this, I said, Don, I said, would you ever tell our daughter, which we don't have yet, I said, would you ever tell our daughter that she couldn't be Barack Obama, president of the United States of America? He said, no. I said, respect me like your wife, but love me like your daughter. And don't ever tell me to dumb down myself because I'm going to be a disappointment to you because I'm not doing it. Mm. And that, those are things that, one, when you're dealing with an extraordinary woman, or two, you're dealing with entrepreneurs, we're in a constant fight to be our best. And sometimes those lines can be crossed, especially we just have to constantly remind that we're fighting the same cause, not fighting each right. other. And that was a, that, like, that, what I, what I would say was like a really, really changing point in our relationship because it was the first time that I was no longer, what's the word? I, I don't want to say better. I was no longer, he was no longer someone that, worked for me but someone who was now working with me in public spaces so now we were a team and so we had to adjust the way we did teamwork together and so at first of course when your ego's involved when when men have insecurities too the last i I don't know why they don't admit it and just work on them of course but he was insecure about his place next to me and so it was my job to lift him up and make sure he didn't break me down in the process that's that's powerful i mean and it's I love how you handled it. You know what I mean? Like you told him how you felt and then you guys, you know, you covered from it, obviously. You're husband and wife. It happens. Yeah, he's still going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I went home with him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you're like, all right, so we argued and we're sitting next to each other. Now what? Um, you, you talked about uh, a daughter. Um, do you guys want to build a family? What do you, do you, do you think? How did, like, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you want a kid? I want like nine. He really? said, only give me three. <laughs> you want to birth nine kids or you want to yes. adopt some too? Like straight up. Um, It's all up to God, I guess. But um, we actually, I was pregnant last year and had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, And what's so interesting, and this is a good, you know, I'm going to change my way to you real quick. Let's, have, <laughs> let's talk about this. I had a miscarriage and I think um, it was a weird feeling. I can't really say what I felt. I think it was almost a little taboo too because I'm like, I'm Puerto Rican. My ovaries are supposed to work till I'm 60 years old. They're they're strong, baby. (laughs) And when it happened, I was like, what the heck just happened? Like, I don't understand. And it was like, for the first time in my life, it was actually like a, a, once again, a God moment, aha moment where, okay, we're married. Like, we did it the right way. We actually have financial freedom where we could actually take care of a child. Like, this was something that we finally did all mm-hmm. the way right that our family has never seen before. My mom had me at 15 years old wow. in the projects. Like my dad used to sell drugs to her mom. That's mm. how they originally met. Like in my mind, when I looked at him and told him that I was pregnant, this was like a good Amazing, thing. Like right? it was not something that I had to hide. And I, 
we both know people who've been in situations where they were terrified at that little thing turning blue or the the one line. And so when we, I wouldn't necessarily, it was planned, but when I had the miscarriage, we went to one doctor's appointment. I was bleeding a little bit. He was like, oh, it's like totally normal. normal. Like, yeah, you know, that's happens. normal a little bit, especially when you just got pregnant. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I remember um, we were on our way to Houston. Mm-hmm. And I had told my dad and we had already told his mom. Mm. She did all the crying, blah, 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 whatever, right? <laughs> she was super excited. But we had to finish our um, Christian Entrepreneur Tour. Yeah, tour. Mm-hmm. So we're on tour. And then all of a sudden, it just got so bad. Like the bleeding got so bad. I'm like, okay, this probably isn't right. normal. And so we were actually at the aquarium eating dinner. And I was like, um, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to go. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell Don because I was like kind of freaking out inside. And I remember getting back to the hotel room and I just laid there and I called my doctor. He answered the phone. He was like, hey, run to the emergency room just to oh, make sure man. it's done the right way. Um, and things aren't like, you know, left in your body and stuff like that. So I text my mother-in-law and I was like, yo, I'm having a miscarriage. I'm going to go to the doctor's. She was like, did you tell Don yet? And I'm like, no, I'm just waiting for him to mm-hmm. get here. And so she was like, I'm telling him right now. I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh. So she calls him and he comes. And at one o'clock in the morning, we head over to the emergency room. Sitting there, you guys know how ERs are. Sitting there for Busy. freaking ever. And... um. Yep, they confirmed that I was having a miscarriage, but they, it would have to pass by itself. And they basically gave me, um, once again, this is stuff that no women talk about, so they think it's weird or unnormal. Yeah, or they like, talk about it. Or like they make it taboo. And so um, I remember the next morning I had to perform. People were counting on me, and I couldn't let the death of one spirit remove the opportunity to bring so many more alive. Mm. When it came to you know, building up their families. And so I was like actively miscarriaging while up on stage, people telling people, teaching people about business and how to build their family and build generational wealth. And I just remember the last moment, um, this may be too much for the guys in the room, but women (laughs) like totally like, guys, sometimes a miscarriage can just be chalked up to things not being perfect. Like a pregnancy, despite it seeming so easy, it has to be perfectly aligned and it will completely essentially delete itself if if it's it's not not ready, if it's Mm -hmm. not right, if it's not perfect. And basically there was no baby in the amniotic sack sack for me. Oh, wow. So um, it came a point in time after um, after the workshop, I went into the hotel room and it deleted itself and literally could like see it in my hand like it was psycho crazy but for me i just wanted to make sure he was okay because men never talk about that and i know that once again it was something we've never done it like this before our families are so broken that we were the first marriage our family has ever seen. Wow. The first wedding little kids were ever dancing at. We did it the right way. And so for him, I just wanted to make sure I was okay with it because I'm like, I'm a woman. Like, I know how this happens. I know how this works. Uh, It is a a lie from the pit of hell to saying that I ain't going to birth kids. I'm going to just let you know that right now. I'm going to have many. And so- I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And so I kind of just made sure like he was emotionally okay. And we talked about it and uh, we probably going to get ready in a couple months. So <laughs> that'll be amazing. Yeah. What would you say to like other women who are go- that go through miscarriages? You know, like I know 
a lot of times it does happen like you're strong and you're like you're great with your faith and everything but a lot of times i see women are you know like they get super emotional about it or yeah. like they don't talk about it you know what i mean it happens and they just move on and you know but like what would you say to the woman who has went through a miscarriage or hey, keeps having multiple you know yeah. and they are trying to get pregnant you know what what advice would you give to them Definitely go see a doctor. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it's it's that's one of the things I feel like we try to self-diagnose all the time what's wrong with our bodies. But most importantly before that, every and this is just with life, but if there's a trial that is consistently happening yeah. in your life, number one thing that I encourage women to do, you're going to feel dumb doing it, you're going to feel stupid doing it, but do it anyway. Any thought in your mind that literally is deposited into your brain mm -hmm. that is contrary from the word of God, write it down, rip the piece of paper out of the book, ball it up and say, this is a lie and I do not have to submit to it. Mm -hmm. And when you start training your mind to, to, to not be manipulated and controlled by, yep. the, by the enemy, bro. And I think that's the number one thing because the reason we don't talk to nobody is, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody to know. Is something wrong with me? The enemy's trying to, to con reconfigure mm -hmm. your strategy and your thought process to run from God instead of run to him and to the people he serves. Right. That can help. And so literally anytime you, you, you know something is not true, if it's not contrary to the word of God, oh, you're dumb, you're not smart, you are small, you are insignificant, your body does not work the way the Lord told Yo, because that's what the enemy was telling me, right? If I'm continuing to be sad and soap and and and. and 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 fight for for freedom of the manipulation of the enemy right. those are just lies and so for me very very important ladies i would just with anything in your life or a trial that consistently keeps showing up write it down then rip it out of this is not true so it's not gonna live in my my mind or my heart but that's the thing the enemy wants us to stay isolated yep. he wants Isolation to stay alone so he can torment us and for me i have so many people dependent on me <laughs> If I'm tormented, that is only gonna distribute to them. Yeah, and they don't right. deserve that from me. I know I understand I go through things, I have to be patient, I have to care, self-care about myself, but sometimes self-care is a lot of a lot more strategic in spiritual warfare mm -hmm. than it is just getting through it. Yep. You're right about that. So I wanna I wanna um bring it back a bit because I, I don't think the audience um of fueled by purpose doesn't they don't know Don really well. And you kind of, like for the people in the room, everybody knows Don. So I know, one, he's a super professional. He's, you know, he's an engine of his own. You know, what he did with Jumping Jack Tax. Let's, let's kind of go back for the male audience. Yeah. So they know, like, you know, the the positives that, you know, Don has done for the business. And not only that, um, you know, how strong he is to deal with the A-type, like a strong personality. <laughs> like that's that's not something that's small. It's not a that's not a small accomplishment. So let's let's talk about that a bit. What do you want to know? I want to know. Um, you know if how you direct. Go ahead. What you want to know? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's dope. I, I just kind of want to want you to share with the audience, like you know, how important it is for men to sometimes empower their women to be as strong as they are. Like the the importance of that for women. Well. Once again, it shouldn't be just about spouses. Don may be my husband, but he's also my family. He is my father's son, my sister's brother, my brother's brother. And so 
it's not so more about, oh, don't suppress your sister or, or don't suppress your wife or anything like that. But most importantly, we've been trained and built up like warriors to play whatever position necessary for us to win. And so if that includes someone at the moment having the spotlight, then that's what's necessary. And then what we, what we know is the spotlight keeps on moving to somebody else. And so it's always someone's time. And at this point in time for the first, I would say, um, I have a lot more history and I've accomplished more so far. So at this point in time, people have to respect the the Kim Kardashian. If you realize all of them respect Kim because they know she's the socialite that brings and funnels in and distribute business to everybody else. They, the family knows my gifts, my talents and my ability. They know that I'm the mouthpiece to the family. And Don respects that. We haven't just tra- been trained to be spouses. And, and that's a whole nother conversation itself. I'm yeah, so it grateful is. that my father was there in his life to treat him how to love a woman like me. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, my husband is the man that he is today because he had a, another black man and still love into him. Mm. And for that, he can love me. And for that, he can love the rest of our family. Yeah. And now he is prepared that when my father dies to make sure that he is the, is the pillar of this family. But most importantly, it's, yo, when it comes to family unity, I'm going to do whatever is possible to build my family up, put us in position, distribute wealth, and make sure every single family member is extending out their hand and distributing wealth to other families. And so for me and for him, that was a great story and an example of something that we dealt with internally but it was also brought to the entire family. And we talked about it. You may think, oh no, would you keep that to yourself? No, that ain't something to keep to ourselves mm-hmm. because my sister could feel that about me. My other sister could feel that about me. My business partner could feel that about me. The enemy just used Don at the moment. Mm-hmm. But don't get it twisted. The people around us that love us, the enemy's looking around, d- d- prowling like a lion in order to use people's selfishness and ego to destroy everything around them. So we bring that stuff to the family and the reason he is the man he is today and can be with a woman like me who was also bred by the same family is because we stick together as a family. We correct one another in love. There is no division. There's no, oh, she felt that way or that negative thinking. No, that was brought to the entire family and we talked about it. We talked about it so much that when we brought that conversation to the, the family, guess what my dad said? I told you. Didn't I warn you about that spirit, Don? Didn't I warn you about that? How many times is, is things told to us by our parents, but we still get God? And Don said, you did tell me about that. You did. You did tell me. And so if anyone's listening, I just encourage if you really building generational wealth, and especially if you are the chosen one and the, and the glue that brought your family back together, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of personal life because your life is supposed to be an example. Mm-hmm. And our marriage is an example. We actually are the oldest. Well, he has an older sister. We are the oldest. I'm the oldest of eight or nine I can't remember anymore. I don't. I hope my dad ain't having more kids. <laughs> I don't even know no more. But we are an example. And most importantly, people are looking up to us and want to stand by us and with us. And so it's not just about him being my spouse, 
but him being able to be a strong person in this world who's looking to in a world looking to destroy him and that i was just the sacrificial lamb to be emotionally distraught by that because it was my husband but don't get it twisted that was a lesson he needed to learn for every area of his life mm-hmm. even in the future with dealing with other business people is when he when he feels like he has less than or he hasn't had much accomplished what does he feel like does he rise to the occasion or does he become small and so he rose to the occasion it was a test he passed it was a life test he finally passed I was willing to take the burden because that's what family does. We fight for each other. If you need to learn on me, cool. Right. I would say as a woman who's dominating her industry, what challenges do you face as a woman, you know, in the industry? And, you know, what would you say? You need me to repeat it? Oh. Um, hmm. I love this question. Because I feel like I'm very sensitive to the fact. And I was actually just having a, a conversation with Coco and Breezy. Mm-hmm. And they talked about like, you know, this idea of, you know, looking for investors. They're at this point in time. Um, shout out to them. They're freaking awesome. And they've spoken to me about going into meetings and having these stories about not being respected or when you're in a corporate setting you'll be looked over despite having any type of knowledge. You'll always be looked at as a talent immediately before people know. And so for me, once again, my confidence was built up in a whole different way because guess what? Every single man in my life submitted to me. So so it was, it was foreign. It was weird. And I'm explaining to you when it got weird. Like, so it, it didn't register. I didn't feel like I was in a place where my voice didn't matter because mm-hmm. I was the exact one helping build the business. It was my my mind, my brain, my knowledge, my input, my advice to um, this idea of what is it that we're going to do. My strategy helped build a multi-million dollar brand. So I felt like I was um, almost in this like pretend bubble. Of I didn't understand really, or I understood, but I never felt it. That's mm. two different things. You know how when you actually see something or like you, you know something happens, but the first time you felt it. And I remember one time um, we have a consult, right? He comes in, he's actually in the music industry and not to brag, but I built an app with over 10 million people with no outside investors. I did the damn thing. Like that is unheard of. We grew faster in the first year then Facebook grew in theirs. Like, I I must know something. If I had the capability of getting together a group of people that had a common goal, directed them from mm-hmm. a social media platform, went ahead, got them on a private platform, and then made millions off of them offering other products and services that they did not know that I own. That's pretty damn strategic, if you ask me. And I'm sitting there. He specifically came in from my content. <laughs> he called my content is what reeled him in. He wanted to have a, a meeting. He sits in my office and every single time I spoke, he interrupted me. Hmm. But Don and my dad were in the console, right? Every single time, mind you, I'm up there giving him a presentation, giving him a strategy of how he can finally own his own music. He just start his own damn streaming stuff. Or why not? Why isn't he locking his artists up into a contract where the streaming rights all go through his platform? This is this is something that he needs. Anybody in the music industry needs right, to know. Everyone should be doing. You know, everybody should be doing. We're watching it successfully happen. And literally, I'm breaking down the why, the how, the monetization strategy. I'm getting to the money real quick. 
interrupts me, literally has a rebuttal or a question to every single thing that I say. Hmm. I immediately sense what was going on, that he just didn't want to hear it from me. All right, I'll play the game. Okay. Because at the end of the day, it's just about the money to me. I'm just trying to get paid. I'm just trying to make, because, and, and I said this with Coco and Reason when we were creating content together, is change in someone's heart comes from repetition. And so me sitting in this one meeting and running you down and telling you, no, you better risk. It was going to be a waste of my time, especially when I needed a check from you. So I looked over at Don. I cut my eyes at him. He already knew what to do. I stepped back and let him take over the meeting immediately without a hitch. They respected everything he just said. And my notes were on the board. Don just regurgitated everything I freaking said. And he listened. That was my first experience Mm. in men not respecting women as much as men in the same room. So, Just, would you, so would you say you, instead of like falling victim to that, you say, I'm not going to even bother. I'd rather just change the person it's coming from, like the narrative, like instead of stepping up. Or do you feel like if it was in another room, like how would you take that if they weren't there? You know what I mean? Like what, how do you play that? I think I want to know, I guess I'm asking for the women out there that when they step yeah. into those meetings, and they don't have, let's say, their husband or like somebody in their corner like that. What should they do? You know what I mean? Like, cause I don't. I mean, I I think I can think of times where I've been around people. Where you're like, okay, they don't respect me. To me, I rather take the L because someone else is gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, respect me, and I'm gonna wind up where I am supposed to be. Period. So that's kind of how I play it. But um, I know that there are a lot of women out there that say they, you know, they go in these big boardroom meetings and yeah. the men are not respectful to them. And you have to have a man next to you. So you're like, well, where, how is that equal? How is that right? You know? The key to bring something to the table that they need. Mm. And once again, that's just strategic business. Right. So str- You've even done it now. Right. Because you have such a powerful entity that is required by people to make money, they're going to have to listen to you. Mm. They're going to have to. Because right now I can say with the click of a button, I can speak to 10 million people and make them buy whatever I want and listen to whatever or watch whatever. Then find someone else who can do that. What, you want to find a social, uh, a social, social media famous person? They can barely sell 10 t-shirts, even with a million followers, because it don't work that way. And so what I've realized is my my best strategy is already have done my work before I got to the table. And so a lot of people get to a table and are negotiating their value. You can't negotiate my value if I have it. I have it. It's not based on me. It's not me based on how good I think I am or how smart I think I am. I have power. And that's the number thing that these w- women, anybody listening, walk in with power that can be undisputable. Walk in with power that cannot be taken away. Walk away with power. Walk into it with power. And most importantly, walk into a meeting with something no one can take away if you walk away from the table. So you're not begging or scratching or or begging for something to be an outcome. You're still going to make it happen regardless. And so... When we build our own platforms and we literally have the strength to mass communicate mm-hmm. in a way that social media doesn't even give us because one, they pay for us. They make us pay to reach 
just our followers we've already accumulated i mean we brought the followers we brought oh, the likes changed. we brought the likes i we, tell you all of that and then they they control how many people can see it absolutely so you got six million followers and only yeah let's let two hundred thousand see it today absolutely so having your own platform like what dana's saying is like it's so much power in that you've taken back you power. Have your own people now you everyone who really genuinely follows me because they love me oh let's boom like you said but most importantly no one can censor you or nope. tell you how many times you can and cannot do something facts because I own my own platform, think about this, guys. And I'm, I'm giving y'all game. Like, I'm, I'm take it. Please have it. I don't care. Just do it. That My point is just do it. Don't sit here and let me explain something. You don't do it. We sit here, built sprinkle of Jesus. We use social media as a commercial reel. We went ahead and sent everybody to sprinkle of Jesus. Now we house a, po- house a platform with over 10 million people. We said, what the heck are we going to do about this? If I was on social media, if I wanted to start a new business, what would I have to do? Start all the way from the bottom again. So what does Dana Chanel do? She takes Sprinkle of Jesus and she becomes the biggest advertiser on Sprinkle of Jesus with every single brand new business. From the Earn Company with Credit Repair, then we have Alakazam Apps, and then we have Curl Bible, which is an online beauty supply store, and then we have Jumping Jack Tax when it comes to getting your taxes done. We created need-based businesses where we wouldn't have to start on social media with a brand new at zero Instagram page with followers, and then pay for promotion to even get it out there, we leveraged, sent out a push notification about that business, sent out a push notification about uh, credit repair. Christians need good credit too. Get your credit fixed with the Earn Company. Boom. Immediately, we had thousands and thousands and thousands of inquiries, which turned into leads, which leads turned into actual profit. It's something that can't be taken away from us. But if you are only putting your business on social media, you are legit. Your business is homeless. And most importantly, you don't make the rules up in your own home. Because last time I checked, they just announced they were getting rid of likes. Who told you you could do that? Without consulting everybody who built your damn platform. Who told you you could do that? They don't care. That's not your house. Somebody walk in your house and you tell them to take off their shoes. They said no. What you going to do? You got to go. Bye-bye. You got to go. So we have to create power and actually leveraging all the communication that we get from these social media platforms that's building us up. That's that's um I think the the biggest question for me is so you've built your audience and you continue to um drive your audience from social media or Instagram to is that is that the where you're directing them to your your so your uh, Instagram or um the applications that you built applications we have a rule in the family if you mention your your Instagram Twitter or a social media name, you get fined $5,000 every time we catch you do it. It doesn't pay us. So every single time you're on a platform, a podcast, a TV commercial, um, every single time you are on a show, you have to direct everybody, give people a direction, a call to action, and that's to check out your app store on Google Play and (laughs) Apple and download the Sprinkle of Jesus app, Jumping Jack Tax app. Every single one of our companies have a mobile application knowing that the demographics are going to be very different. Sprinkle of Jesus has a demographic of under the age of 27. Okay? Um, Jumping Jack Tax, a lot of people in your 20s, they're not doing any taxes. Okay? So everyone over the age of 30 is our best core demographic. Um, credit repair. You usually don't care about your credit until it's a problem, <laughs> which means you're trying to get a car, you're trying to get a house, and you need your credit fixed. Boom. That demographic is over the age of 28 years old. So we're constantly building little armies in different little areas, um, but we make sure that we have a mobile application and a platform for us to build on. 
So quick question. So you're often giving advice. You're also often, you know, giving your opinion. Who who are you learning from? Who are you seeking advice from? The world. It's something that we take for granted. And I'm afraid that if you just shut up, sit back, and watch what other people are doing, you would learn a lot. <laughs> Guys, I'm not a genius. I'm just strategic and I move quickly. But by all means, I'm not a genius. I'm not smart. I didn't go to college. I just learned from dummies. You are smart though. Yeah. I just I'm just basing this information off of what I've seen. And, and what I see, how other people move and what I see other people do, it's not hard. Like, this world is school. You don't got to go to a, get a degree to learn how to be an extraordinary entrepreneur. You even now have that thing called the internet where they're literally, they quick to break down a business. I'll give you an, an want me to analyze one for you right now? Absolutely. WeWorks. They're idiots. In the beginning, he knew that one of his biggest overhead expenses was going to be rent. How can you be the number one co-working space in Manhattan and own none of the property when you should have repurposed, <laughs> you should have repurposed all the profit to start engaging and buying your own property, which means that no one would be able to kick you out. You know what's happening now? The company is going to, co- and I would use another word, but I'm trying not to curse anymore. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's all hell has broken loose. They've needed a buyout. They've needed a favor. They needed help. Why? Because income isn't coming in the way that it's supposed to. And the overhead expense is so high because not only are their overhead expense just payroll. Let's just keep that a bean. Not just payroll, but now it's rent everywhere that they have no control over. And now these people in these buildings, this Manhattan building or anywhere in the, in the world, in the country is getting frustrated with them because they thought they were a promising company. It's a commercial business, not a small business. It's an extraordinary business that could only last for years. But now they're having money problems. They're having cash flow problems, which means they can't keep up with the demand of their rent roll. Dana, you're watching that happen. What just happened? Dana, listen, what did you see? Okay, they were building a company, but nothing was there. So that means they kept paying for it. So what would happen if we just go ahead and instead of buying a bunch of buildings, buying a bunch of jumping jack tax offices, what if we actually owned the property that we were in? That means we'd never be able to be kicked out. Most importantly, if we weren't kicked out, that also means that no one is the controller of our equity because honestly, they have no equity. That's why they're having a cash flow problem because if they were having an issue, they could silently end their problems by just brushing off some of the properties. Hmm, Dana, how do you use that? Dana, what do you do? You're opening jumping jack tax offices. What was that red flag? What was that siren? Do not build your business contingent on somebody else's equity that you have no control over. So Dana, what you're going to do is, even if the grind is slower, even if you have to move a little bit slower than everybody else, what you're going to do is you're going to acquire every single property that your business is in. And then that way, instead of Now, only renting, and that was the only way you was making money, Dana, make sure you buy commercial property that has the commercial space below, and then you have um, apartments so that if the business goes down, the rent roll up top is still paying for the entire mortgage. Okay, Dana, where the heck did you learn that? You didn't go to real estate school. Dana, you didn't go to marketing school. I just watched what happened, and we have to learn from dummies. 
when you see a mistake happen, you learn from it. You think I got a touch of a touch fire to realize it's hot? No, I'm gonna just see that your your hand got burnt and you left with a scar and you can't touch nothing for the rest of the day. Right. So literally, I watched that happen. I was like, and so I started researching. I started researching. I started looking for other companies who um who own the property that they sit on. Lo and behold, one of the most extraordinary fast food chains in the country. McDonald's is not a fast food company. They are a property company. They are a real estate company. They actually own every single property that they live on. They own the land. Wow. Hmm. All right. So I saw the mistake. I came with the thesis of how I would fix it. And then I went to look to see if anybody else had done it. And they did it successfully, which means my odds of success is pretty damn good. And then when I turn it flip, if something goes wrong, if something goes bad, I know that at least my family will always have somewhere to live because we have too many properties that are already paid off. So while I don't have a cash flow problem and it's rolling in and the social media stuff is popping, once again, we never know when it's going to take a turn. We never know when they're going to come out with a new platform. We have to all start all over again. I combated that with the mobile apps and now I combat my family's lifestyle and the way that we live by making sure that we have properties everywhere. So that God forbid, if something happens, if there's a death in the family, if we don't know what happened, we can, life is two things, short and unpredictable, but it's more unpredictable than it is short. And so I know that God forbid, let's say my, fa- my father's a huge part of this. When he's ready to die, he's already prepared us. You need some extra cash to hold y'all off, extra to adjust of like my marketing side of it or my brain. Yo, you got $600,000 right there. Outside of life insurance, because we got that too. But it's it's those things as if you guys have to ever adjust or pivot financially, at least you know you'll never be homeless. And that is the number one thing, especially when you got kids. You can't be homeless. Like we can't fall that that far. And so we've essentially created safety nets around every tier of success so that if we lose, the safety net will catch us. So we're not falling all the way down to the bottom again where we'd go homeless, we'd go broke. I hear stories all the time where they had nothing. They had to move back in with their parents. Well, you had it rolling in. We gonna go ahead, acquire properties in cash, make sure that they paid off so that God forbid, if anything happens, we have safety nets. And so now every single person, the wolf pack at the office, they'll never have to ever worry about somewhere to live ever in their life. Cause that is gonna be the minimum. That is our minimum, that we are staying in properties we own. That's the minimum. That's as broke as we can get. Is we have equity in a property that we don't have to pay running. That's the that's the minimum. That's smart. I mean, so discipline is a word that you use often. What advice would you give someone looking to attain discipline in their life? And you're really disciplined. I wish there was an answer to that. Discipline is completely contingent on your want and your needs. Yeah. You get real discipline when uh, you lose your job. You get real discipline when, um, God forbid... Your child go up in the hospital, their insurance don't cover it. You get real disciplined and go start to find other jobs. You're real disciplined when you, when your man cheat on you and leave the house and you got to fend for yourself. You get real disciplined when you don't got nothing to your name. I just encourage, don't wait for that to happen. There's nothing I can say. I can't encourage you to be disciplined because at the end, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to go home to my house. I can't watch what you're doing on your own time. Not at all. So if you not, if if your circumstance and you seeing where your family done come from, that don't make you disciplined, I'm gonna, ain't nothing I can say to you. And so people think that there's this answer to discipline. The answer is you. The answer to my next blessing is me. 
It's the answer to sure. my children's generational wealth is me. I ain't waiting for nobody else to do that because I'm not sure if they're going to have care or enough discipline. Right. I know that I got it. I know what I'm capable of. Most importantly, something that uh, helps that thing called discipline is progress. Mm-hmm. When you finally start seeing progress, you get motivated. You're like, wow, this is working. And so just stay in the game long enough to see progress because it's coming and it's there. You got, y'all remember seeing the picture on um, social media where it's like the diamond was right there and all he had to do was like two more yeah, chops. I know, actually you know what I'm talking about? And so for me, I got nothing to lose. Like, I don't have a college degree. If, you, if I were to give you guys a resume, I would not be qualified to work for you. Like, you know what I mean? This is all that I have. And if me sitting in a two-bedroom apartment with five brothers and sisters and a single mom, and she literally was like, like keeping the oven open to keep the apartment warm or me having to wear my little sister's shoes. Like if that's not enough, like, bro, you don't deserve nothing. Go ahead. Live your regular life. Go ahead. Get a nine to five. Be comfortable. That's perfectly fine. Don't feel like you have to become anything that you're not. If you are not an entrepreneur, if you are not, well, to me, entrepreneurship and leadership are synonymous. You can't be an entrepreneur and not be a leader Mm -hmm. because in order to build something, you need people to believe in you and to help you fight for your vision. So, if you are not a leader, I 100% encourage, find someone you believe in that you think is dope. There are people out here like Angela. There are people out here like Dana. There are people out here like Don. We're young. We're making it happen. We have tenacity. We're great with leadership. Find someone you believe in and just help them make it happen. Do your very best. Play your role. Be a part of get your ring. Despite you not, despite sitting on a bench, get your ring. By all means necessary. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be a leader. Don't force yourself to be something that you don't have a natural knack for because you'd constantly be struggling comparing yourself to other people in the lane you were attempting to win and you'd end up feeling defeated. And most importantly, it'd be like telling a fish to climb a tree and a monkey to swim. Mm-hmm. You, it, it, you're going to look dumb, but you're not dumb. You're just doing the wrong thing. And that's why I was talking about like college. I feel like it's so toxic at the same time to encourage kids to go to school just to go because they're the ones going to be upset, depressed, angry in their dorm room, wondering why this isn't working, wondering why they're not happy, why they're not passionate when the first school was the household. Every parent, my father, we start our relationship at 19, but he immediately was looking at me, staring at me. Okay, I see. I, she's, she's good with her hands. I see that she can configure she can manipulate technology to do what she wants you know what hmm she gonna you gonna make websites i'm sitting here fighting that i don't want to make websites like you know i'm dana chanel why would i make websites for somebody like i don't need to my ego is at an all-time high that's what social media do to you it makes you feel like you're more important than you really are i'm like why would i do websites for somebody else he said shut up i said all right (laughs) y'all know uncle magic he just said shut up i said all right whatever sit there he said hmm I see, I see that you're a chameleon. I see that you can, you can get up and talk. He said, but you're afraid. You get that little thing in your stomach, that little eerie feeling in your stomach when you get super, super nervous. And he said, I need to get that out of you. He made me go interview the fire, the firemen and the police and city council. I was terrified. He made me preach in the middle of New York City. He made me preach to little six-year-olds until I got that feeling out of my stomach. And look at me today. 
your parents are supposed to be the very first people who identify your gifts and your talents and train you in them and then send you to school because there's <laughs> a requirement. You, know, <laughs> you, you all go to jail. But I, I, it's just very, very important that we just be very careful of what is it that we're encouraging people to do, knowing that it just may be that very thing that makes them angry, upset, frustrated, and make them feel insignificant because they're not good at it. Well, have you, so as far as like, you and your family, well, you and your husband, from what most see on social media, you guys embrace vulnerability. Like, what what do you encourage your audience? What do you encourage women, men? Like, what has vulnerability done for you, for your family, and what can it do for them? It's built five successful multi-million dollar businesses. Stories sell. Journeys sell. Maybe people who do social media don't want to tell you, but... If you look back at the history and the lineage of my social media journey, you'll realize that every journey is attached to a new business. Because people like to follow you through. People like to feel that they have a piece or they have and they're able to learn and to to watch people grow through things. And so if you realize um, when it came to Sprinkle of Jesus, Obviously, that journey was getting to know my faith. I allowed people to walk through that with me. I allowed people to see that vulnerable point of me not knowing. Like, I'm pissed. I'm pissed that my mom didn't have a conversation with me that having sex before marriage was a sin. I'm pissed. I've given to my body to multiple men and didn't even know what I was dealing with. I didn't know that there was anything like uh, not sexually transmitted disease, spiritual transmitted diseases. Like, I didn't know this stuff. I didn't know that I was taking on burdens and, and spirits. I didn't know this. So I'm sitting here just going through life trying to figure it out, but I was willing to do it in front of other people. It built Sprinkler Jesus. Then I went through this journey of people are seeing now. It took me three years before I started to hire anybody, that I started making people part of my team. People are now seeing this journey of leadership from me. People are watching how I keep the family together or watching how you know I, I discipline or reprimand or give consequences out or build people up in the midst of building something extraordinary. It is a beautiful story to watch. I built Crow Bible. People didn't know. I went through my natural hair journey because I was prepping my following to finally buy beauty products for me. How does a girl go from selling Bibles to selling deep conditioner? It doesn't make sense. So I naturally was going through a, um, I wanted my curly hair back. So I said, hmm, while I'm sitting here, I'm about to go ahead and, uh, and be using all these products and people like to see my life on social media. I might as well go ahead and go get a contract because I'd be, I'd be wasting what? my time. I'd be wasting my time and wasting product. But guess what's interesting, Angela? Reached out to like six of those major big companies we know of. Thing, guess what they did? No answer. That was when Carl Bible was built. Everyone said no to me, Angela, by just not answering. We know that this is the same thing. It means Don't no. sit there and lie and say, you didn't see my thing. You know my page. You know who I am. I DM'd. I emailed the founders, everything. Nothing. No, not one person reached back out to me. I said, you know what? And that's when it clicked. What's the point of trying to be the store in the mall and not be all, the mall that all the stores are in? Mm-hmm. I said, now they're going to be mad. Because now I'm going to be their competition. I'm going to do it way better than they've ever done. So then, which then prompted my information in my brain. Once again, remember, scanning. Dana, how do you come up with all these extraordinary ideas? 
you just look at what everybody's doing. What businesses right now in retail are winning? The Walmarts, the Amazon. Well, what do Walmart and Amazon have in common? Hmm. They don't create any of their own product. They actually, their business is funded on other people's product. I said, so you know what? This is what we're going to do. I spoke to my dad about it. I said with Curl Bible, this is, and I feel like it was a little challenge for me and him because I saw once, you know, men don't think beauty products are like profitable. <laughs> no. I'm like, are you stupid, dad? Like, he was like, it's not a need. It's not a necessity. I said, call her right. I said, call that client right now. Ask her, did she walk out the house without putting anything on her face or her skin or her body? She's going to say no. It is a necessity. I said, you don't just find it a necessity because you walk around here ashy. But... <laughs> <laughs> What was interesting, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to finally give a voice to every single woman who has a beauty business. You know, everyone is making products in their home. They're making deep conditioners. They're making um, they're making their own nail polishes. They're making their own lashes. So because they don't have followers and they don't have a platform, I'm going to give them mine because I'm not I'm not really interested in the manufacturing making products. I don't I really don't want to deal with that. Everyone has a niche. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. Like you, you got that. But now they pay us a slotting fee to be on the Curl Bible platform to sell to our millions of people that we're able to distribute their product to. So they pay me a slotting fee. Once again, where the heck did I learn the slotting fee, bro? Walmart, you know how you walk into Walmart and you see that cool, um, that cool uh, touchdown made out of the Pepsis or the Coca-Colas? Right, yeah. That's called a slotting fee. You had to pay, like Pepsi, Coca-Cola, whatever brand had to pay to be put in that space. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's real estate, but I sell real estate on the internet. So what ended up happening, I went ahead and I said, okay, if people pay, or even the end caps, the end caps are super profitable too, because that means somebody doesn't have to go into an actual aisle to see your product. It's already in the outside. So the likeliness of someone seeing your product on the end cap, then going in and finding it in the midst of all of them. You pay for that extra advertisement. You pay for that slotting fee. So I said, okay, if I'm going to go ahead and give this promotion and advertisement and let them be in my on the platform, they're going to pay Crawl Bible a slotting fee anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars, depending on the type of advertisement that they want. We now have over two hundred and fifty women who sell their products on Crawl Bible. Where did I learn that? I ain't a genius. I just watched what other people did and said, "Whoop, I can do that." So I'm not a genius. But I move faster than a lot of people. And I'm confident. That's all. I'm confident that if I do it, it'll work. Who's going to tell me it's not? Very true. I like that. Makes makes a lot of sense to me. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything that you want to share with anyone out there? Like anything that you feel like we haven't touched on? Um, No, just I would love to just reiterate like. There are extraordinary people out here looking to help. Angela, you have been, you've built an extraordinary platform with purpose and it's doing exactly that. And so I just encourage like all the women that are watching, that are listening, you know, don't sit here and say you want to be like us or you, you aspire to accomplish the things that we have. Just ask us for help. We're actually people out here trying to do it. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to cost you. You feel me? <laughs> it's definitely going to cost you. I'm going to keep it a bean because what we've done and, and what we've invested into building our platforms cost us. But we're here to help. 
And so a lot of the time we sit here watching people on Instagram inspired, but yo, you're not doing nothing about it. You don't have to be out here self-made. It ain't cool. So utilize people like us. We're here to help. Not everybody out here offering opportunity, offering to be on our platform to share it. They're not doing that. They're not going to give you the formula. They're not. Some people will. But the thing is, when it comes to formula, there's nothing to compete about. We individuals, we're two separate people who God created a specific purpose for. But that doesn't mean we're not supposed to help each other throughout the journey. Very true. And so I just encourage anybody watching like, yo, that's dead. That not that trying to do it on your own This dead. It's lonely. It's honestly not fun. It's cooler to sit there. We were in the console and we were strategizing, thinking of cool ideas. And then she was like, oh, and then we can do this. And then she has prior knowledge off of stuff that I don't know, which then just enhanced my idea. And then she enhanced my it's fun. It, it's fun. This is cool. This is freaking cool, guys. Get with someone. Follow. Actually, like, get under someone's wing who's willing to teach you, who's willing to, like, just give you what is it that they have, and you be willing to serve in, 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 um, in exchange. And I think that's really important. Like, I'm proud, and I'm, I'm so blessed and honored to see this come to life. And just every single time I see you, like, promoting your app and stuff like that, it just makes me so happy. Um, because I know five years from now, sis. Are we pushing? We it just makes me drive. so happy to see what it is, what's happening. Like, yo, to see you win. Oh, my gosh. The chills that I got off my body. It makes me so happy to see you doing the damn thing. And um, I, I'm just really proud of you. And Thank just you. watching this all come to life. And I told you. I remember texting you one day. I'm like, yo. When this comes to life, it's going to feel so much cooler and better when we can actually see that you created something out of nothing with who you are and your ideas. Like, it's cool. Thank you. So so let's finish off with this. Um, I'd like to hear your purpose, and I'd like for you to also feed the audience, uh, the folks who are out there who might not have a purpose or feel like there's not one out there for them, like how to pull them out of that hole. Um, my purpose is to educate families on how to build financial wealth. It was a family meeting that um, changed my life. Me and my dad, it was just us in the beginning, and we continued to add other family members once they they were ready and they were on board with a part of this vision. Um, and I just remember every single morning at 5 a.m., we get on the phone and we talk, and we talk about three things. What happened yesterday? What are we going to do today? And what are we doing to fit the end goal today? Um, and that changed my life. Every single day being trained to consistently think about progress. And if I can teach other families how to communicate effectively, give them hope, give them blueprints, teach them whether they're licensed jumping jack tax, whether they get a mobile application from us, whether they get their credit fixed. Use us and what you've seen my family do when we were once broken and now we are successful financially and spiritually. Let me teach you because we need more strong black families in this community. Shout out to the women, but they can't do it alone and they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to. But education and schooling starts in the household. It's what you teach them at five years old. It's what they're watching you do. That tells them who they're gonna be. That gives them that confidence to walk into school and say, I won't be bullied. Because my mom, my mom don't even, my mom don't play that. She built me up to be strong. And most importantly, I saw her be strong. Mm -hmm. I saw her be strong and, and mom and dad have a constructive um, argument and, and get to the point and have a solution. I've seen that happen. 
So when I get out into the world, it's not foreign for me to go ahead and just duplicate. That is my purpose. My purpose is to literally bring the families back together again to make sure we raising up entrepreneurs, not sending them off to the world to get raised. And if you, you're not sure what your purpose is, just start something. It'll come. Just start something. Have a relationship with the Lord where he can talk to you. <laughs> and um, usually your relationship with God grants you access to information that no one else has. And no real reveal itself. I can't tell you to do something to go find your purpose. Just do a lot. I've done a lot. I've done a lot trying to get here and trying to find my way. But it's only through progress. And you'll, you'll naturally see. Wouldn't you say? You just yeah. had to try a lot. Purpose is definitely something. Sometimes I feel like I hear people like, I don't know what my purpose is. I mean, it's it's literally just the thing that you love to do. Like if no one was watching and no one was there, like what do you love doing? And it's such a simple question that I feel like sometimes people have such a hard time figuring out. It's like, I don't know. You know, like I knew at nine, like the, where I wanted to go just by observing. I was like, I like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's taking the things you like. And like she said, if it's like, if it's not, you're not sure, do many things until you figure it out. No, who says you can't? You know what I mean? Like you could do as much as you want in this world and just keep figuring it out. Yeah. Because once again, representation really matters because I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. I only wanted to be a surgeon or a doctor because those are the only successful people in our community. Mm. That's the only reason why I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Now, I, I no, I love blood and I love surgery. I, I love watching it, like literally, like a real. <laughs> no, seriously, like it, it's like people don't know that about me. Like I'll be on YouTube watching a heart surgery, watching wow. all that kind of stuff. It's something that I'm interested in, but not necessarily meant that I have to do it or that's my purpose. I just enjoy it. It's my vice. You know what I mean? But most importantly, blood is your vice. huh? You love blood. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Yeah. No, the idea of cutting. <laughs> no, the idea of cutting into someone and oh after you God. close them up, they're supposed to be better than they came. What? If that ain't extraordinary, I don't know what is. Yeah. And so to me, that's the coolness that I like of it. But um, representation really matters because I only wanted to be what was, quote unquote, a white man's job because that's what I saw on TV. Mm. And I thought that was, was going to prompt me the result of not being poor or broke. Right. So I thought, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Hmm. Lo and behold, I get to pre-med, get to school, and I drop out the first three months. Mm. But now, if I like that and I enjoy that, and that's why I encourage entrepreneurship, first, find a need-based business in order to, to have the money to do what you like, one day I'll own a hospital because I'll be able to buy it. I'll be able to fund one. I'll be able to open a clinic. I can do whatever I want now. Now that I have money, I can I can pay for my enjoyment. I can pay for my luxury. I can pay for, for time somewhere I've never been. I can pay for whatever I want now that I'm an entrepreneur and I'm the controller of my finances. So I can't be a surgeon. So I'll go ahead and buy a hospital one day and watch the surgeries from up top. That's dope. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Thank no, you. Thank yes, you guys thank so much. Thank you so much. It's been great. Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. So if you need a go-to designer, a video editor, or a social media specialist for six days or six months, Upwork is how. And it's basically like they're right here in your office. Except they're not here here, so they can't hear Greg's remarkably loud typing. Hey, buddy! I take it back. You can hear that from anywhere. And Upwork professionals are proven, rated, and reviewed. When you need in-demand talent on demand... 
Upwork is how. 